0: Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McInniff.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving, where we give you information, education on senior care topics. My name is Ryan Mckinniff. You can reach out to us on Twitter. You can see our videos on YouTube and uh, you can, if you type in uh, caregiver's toolbox on YouTube, you'll find that and you'll find uh, me tweeting away about senior care at uh, At Akit Big Red. And uh, we don't really do a whole lot on the Minute Women side of things. I I figure there's just too much to deal with, but I'm going to have to kind of promote and plug that stuff to you know get things going if you do have information you can see us on our website um we upload regularly we do blog posts we do videos on it as well um that's mwhomecare.com so now that we've gotten that out of the way janet how are you
0: i'm great i'm here with our director of happiness jackson
1: jackson's in the office and he's going to be uh it's a little cold out and uh My girlfriend's coming down to my place tonight, so I figured it would be perfect for Jackson to hang out and increase the morale. That's right. As if it needed to be increased anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I was out of the office for a few days. I had some work being done on the house, and now that I'm back, we're doing some podcasts. We got the uh, equipment issues dealt with. We have, and I think we can really start pounding these out and getting these going. So um, I'm excited about it. So today, what we're going to be talking about is two articles that... I saw, I read, and one of them's um, from from the Wall Street Journal. I do read a lot of Wall Street Journal; it's one of my uh, favorite uh, go-to magazines slash uh, newspapers. And this is about employers needing to address caregiving, the caregiving crisis. A study finds, and basically, over at Harvard Business School, researchers found that employees underestimate, to their detriment, the struggles their employees face in balancing their professional and caregiving responsibilities. And so I think that is something that's kind of an understatement. Uh, yes, I agree. I think that it's, you know, I mean, what are your overall feelings on that, Janet?
0: Well, just the the very nature of healthcare. It's not a nine to five job. It's staffed by people with small kids, aging parents, family balance is a really, really brutal thing to do. And it's um it's a challenge.
1: Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, you know, it's such a common it's such a common thing to have children nowadays. Obviously that's going down a little bit because, you know, the less people are having children, but you know, for for many generations it was, you know, I mean, somewhere between twenty five and thirty five the kids are gonna come out. And, you know, there's more than likely going to be one of them. And maternity leave was very important. And it was something that was just, you know, obviously that had to be brokered at some point in time. It wasn't commonplace, but at some point in the last 30, 40 years, maternity leave became and a common thing to occur in the workplace and employers had to get ready for that. And it had to, and it had to happen. And now over the last 10, 15 years, it used to be just the women had the maternity leave and maybe the, the husbands hung out for a couple of days <laughs> and then it was back to work. And now that's changing that the husbands are going to be there. The fathers are going to be there for weeks. Jackson is going nuts on the couch right now. Um, he's been doing that lately. He just rubs Scratching himself. in his couch, back. You know, yeah, whatever he's back doing. So, so I think that, um, what we're going to have to realize is there's going to be that pendulum swinging. And I always talk about in the other direction is that, you know, all of these people that had children over the last 40 and 50 years are now coming closer to the end of their lives where they're uh, on the back 18 or the back nine of their, their, their journey on this earth and they're starting to need help and that's going to have to be part of the benefits package, if you will, um, with a lot of these employers. And a lot of them aren't prepared for that and don't understand why somebody's coming in stressed out or somebody's coming in and you can speak to this better than I can because you're the exact people that they're talking about and and hopefully you feel more supported than in other places that you've been but you are the the stereotypical <laughs> the poster adult child. child with having family at home that need help and and it depends on the day what degree of help that they need.
0: Yep, and I can say from personal experience. I mean, one of the reasons that I enjoy working here is it—it it is a supportive environment. And you know, for some people, they, um, you know, just even checking in with parents or having to do shopping or doing that night job thing, which I call it. You know, um, employers aren't um, aren't equipped to do it or aren't as understanding of it, and it seems as though they've they've kind of a lot of employers get the fact that there are daycare issues for young kids, but there's the other side of it too. And uh, in my case, you know, it it works out great that I can get up and come in early when the rest of the world is still sleeping, and then I can can do dinner and things going on. But finding a balance to make it work is is very, very tough.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, it basically said in this article that, Um, There's more labor turnover and less productive workers because of this, which is obvious. I mean, when you're working a second job at home and maybe not, you know, you're passing out more than falling asleep at 11 o'clock at night to get up at five in the morning to get ready for your next job. Can't
0: make it through that third period of the hockey game. Yeah,
1: absolutely. But, you know, that's going to cause people to come into somebody's office and say, something's got to give and yep. more than likely it's going to be the employer because you, you know, that family, you know, it would be like, think of yourself. Well, if, if somebody came up to you and said, choose between your family and this job, I think exactly. for a lot of people that the jo- the job would be the one that loses out unless you were in the unfortunate situation that the difference between the the job, what, and no job meant you're going out on the streets or not. You know, that's a totally different scenario, but you know a lot of these 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 situations that eighty percent of work workers, which I actually thought that number was low, said their prote- productivity had been affected by their caregiving responsibilities, and just twenty four percent of employers said caregiving was affecting their employees' performance. So there is a huge, you know, f- you know fifty percent gap there, fifty six uh, percent gap of what the employees are saying versus what the employers are saying.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's not unlike um, a lot of women that uh, they become pregnant and they don't want the boss to know because they think the boss is going to say, okay, so the next thing's going to be time they can't be there. Then there's going to be maternity leave. Then there's going to be – so the the value of that employee, how they're perceived – Changes. So a lot of women put off even letting the boss know until, geez, you know, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to start showing. So I have to say something. Might as well bring
1: this up now. You
0: know, people are doing the very same thing with um, caregiving for elder parents on the other end. You don't want to let an employer know that some employers that you have a focus on anything except the work they want you to do. Yeah, you know, absolutely,
1: and, and I mean, I think it's I think it's understandable and it's being real to say, hey, listen, if somebody comes in your 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 place and we're a small business and says, hey, I'm pregnant, you know, there's going to be five minutes where you're sitting there going, dang, like <laughs> this is going to throw a wrench in some of the plans yep. that I had. I mean, that's just human nature. You know that this is a a big change and that this is going to be a problem. Now, I think that that's just being honest as a human being. And that would be the same of anybody that's all right. Well, but the next thought that goes in your head after five minutes of feeling bad for yourself is, well, we're going to have to work around this. Like this isn't something that you, you, this isn't a sprained ankle. You'll walk off like this is happening. It's going to occur. We need to, to handle this. And it's better to know beforehand rather than know afterhand and, and things like that. Um, at the end of the day, it's one of, one of the situations that it, it's, it comes up all the time. And certainly the bigger the company is, the more likely they've dealt with this before in the past. And they have the policies and procedures in place to handle it. And, and, and that should be the same thing with, um, with your employees dealing with caregivers. And, and the overall feeling is, is that, you know, you're, you're, you're going to one way or another as the employer, you're going to somewhat get the short end of a stick, right? Because you're not going to be getting as much out of that employee as you normally would. Now, if the employee comes, like my mom is a perfect example. It was more with me as having a child, but she was working full time at Lincoln Laboratories in Bedford. She talked to her boss when I was born or when I was, you know, starting kindergarten care or kindergarten, whatever it was, and said, I need to work some mother's hours. Can we make that work? Mm-hmm. And they made that work and they made that work for 13 years until Ryan was old enough that he had a crappy Buick that broke down every <laughs> every 3 months but he could get back and forth to basketball practice in school and he was fortunate to be able to have any car yep. and so then all of a sudden she went back to her employer and said I'm available 40 45 hours a week whatever that number is you know full time job and they said great we'd love to have you back you know did my mom had said multiple times she didn't love her work. She wasn't passionate about being an administrative assistant at Lincoln Laboratories. But you know what? They worked with her. They were loyal with her, with her schedule, with some of the benefits that they re- She received, and that meant a lot to her. And maybe she didn't wasn't in love with the work, but it gave her life meaning and it allowed her to have a work life balance. And she. Thought that And that loyalty was repaid back when she said, hey, I can work 40 hours a week, and boom, we're back to working 40 hours a week, and they were thrilled to have her back. Um, now, with that being said, my point being is, when you're the employer, you, what are your options? Well, either somebody leaves your company, and then you're, you're, if you're lucky, three months, more likely six months before you get a replacement, trained, and back up to speed. Or you take the hit, and you say, you know what, listen, this person can only work. 40 hours a week and maybe the person was working 45 or 50 hours and they say, hey, listen, this can't happen anymore. I need to be out of here at five fifteen at the latest home by six to do four hours of nonsense that I have to do anyway. So, you know, four hours of hard work. It's not nonsense, but you know what I mean? Four hours of other things, And that's all I can give you. And if you, if it's, and it's a situation that we need to work together, or maybe it's a situation where it becomes a seven to three or a six to three or whatever happens, you're going to have these issues come up and if you want to retain good employees, you're going to have to be flexible at some point in time, and maybe yeah. it's wishful thinking on the the act of these employers. But my overall feeling is that they're really just it's more ignorance that they're underestimating how big of a problem this is and how yeah. it's going to affect them in the next ten or fifteen years.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's a big issue, and uh, you know, it's uh, everybody's trying to make it up as they go along, and uh, you know, the the Family Medical Leave Act has been, in some way, a bit of a protection for the person. But it's still, um, you know, there are people that are afraid if they step away, they're going to lose their value as an employee. And being an older and undervalued employee is not a place you want to be.
1: Yeah, and so, I mean, this is interesting because, you know, the employers that they surveyed, they didn't even track their employees' responsibilities outside the workplace. So the point being is that once you left – the building that you were working in, the employers didn't have a clue what you did outside of that. It was they didn't know who their employer's employees really were is w wh- how I read that
0: yeah and and yet there's there's two sides to that there's the person's privacy, sure, you know, and there probably are some things out there about people that you just don't want to know <laughs> so or how sure. they spend their time well, you know you know? But,
1: but I would imagine that. Over, over the course of time, and I've worked in larger offices of 40 and 80 people, you end up opening up with people about what's going on in your life. And I think this more has to go back with, you know, our corporations making employees feel comfortable enough to be able to come out and say, hey, listen, absolutely, let's let's talk about this. Or maybe part of the culture there is, you know, I don't give a damn get your work done. And if you don't, we'll find somebody else to replace you. And if that's the case, well, there isn't really much of a point of bringing up the issues you're having, you know, in those scenarios. Now, you know, that, that, that is, and it's, and, and, and because of this issue, the benefits that firms, and when they talk about firms, I imagine they're talking about Fortune 1000 firms. They're not talking about people like me, but they're talking about the bigger fish that hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in this country are employed by the Walmarts, the Amazons, the the Boeings, the huge John Deere's, those huge corporations, um, you know, the Silicon Valley they 're not offering the benefits that they really want, right, like you know people don't necessarily want unlimited it's a limited vacation sounds great until you realize a limited vacation <laughs> really isn't unlimited one because if you just take ten weeks off well that's going to be noticed and secondly, there's a whole reason why people work like it's not just money there's a reason why Bill Gates isn't sitting at home there's a Warren Buffett didn't need to work for the last 30 years. He I'm I'm reading his autobiography or his biography now. He could have stopped in 1970 when he had 50 million dollars in the bank that was probably today's terms worth quarter of a billion dollars. You know like yep. he did he did it because he loved the act of making money and he looked at it as a score not as living a lavish lifestyle. Bill Gates doesn't need to do philanthropy. He does it because he's passionate about it mm-hmm. and he wants to do Something with the second part of his life. Yep. People work because they want to work, not only because just to get the money. The money is obviously important, but it's up to a important to a point. And then every dollar you make more is to buy things that you don't need. You know, uh, Rolex watches and and one hundred and fifty thousand dollar cars and things like that. You know, the point being is that people would work no matter what and there's a purpose to it and the benefits that you're giving them aren't necessarily in line with what they're needing flexibility and understanding and is is probably more valuable to people than you know the 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 plaque on the wall with a gold watch
0: yeah i i think absolutely and you know for to look on the other side of it like a company the size of ours, and looking at caregivers, you know, the, the caregivers are doing quite the balancing act themselves, because they've got kids, and a lot are single moms. And every time there's a snow day, or a teacher's training day, or whatever they call them, um, that affects their schedule. And for the um, more... Um, ambitious or driven or whatever you want to call them caregivers a lot of them are trying to go to school on top of all of this sure and you know uh like anybody that went through college you know from semester to semester your schedule changes so they're they're trying to make all of that work yep and you know the comments i hear sometimes it's like you know if we're not available we're not we're not worth anything you know well some of them are are really working hard doing multiple jobs and trying to do school and other things. And, you know, it's it's hard all the way around.
1: Absolutely. And, and you know, there are certainly companies, I know for a fact that we have been told by past employees of caregivers that the reason people coming back to us is that our front office staff, you and Gina, and uh, inevitably the culture, which is determined by me, they come back to us because we're understanding, we're fair, and we're... Respectful to the the things that are going on we just had i just had to personally drive somebody twenty miles to do a small little case that wasn't really worth it. But we did it because, monetarily it wasn't worth it, but we did it because we had an obligation to the client. And when talking with that caregiver, she was working her butt off so she could become a registered nurse. And yep. you know what's going to happen when she becomes a registered nurse? We're going to
0: lose her. You're going to lose her.
1: We're going to lose her. And you know what? That that stinks for us. But you know what? The the It feels good when you hear that because you know that this person is going to better their lives, that they're going to be able to go to working 12-hour shifts or 16-hour shifts making... A lot more money than they can make as a home health aide they're gonna get benefits from Beth Israel or uh, or Mass General or you know uh, Boston Hospital or whatever wherever she goes as a is a a nurse Um, she's gonna better her life and it's gonna that's going to trickle down into helping her family out and 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 doing that and I was so proud to be able to to hear that from her but you know that's the the difficulty of of getting that first leg up and doing the yep. schooling and things like that if
0: if you can embrace the idea of being someone's stepping stone i think you can that's where you can get loyalty and respect Absolutely. and that's a benefit that actually doesn't cost money until they leave <laughs> you yeah.
1: have to replace so them. so and what what you know going getting back on track with this employee crisis the employer crisis um where they don't really understand this. I, I just happened to be on Twitter fooling around and I retweeted and I, then printed out a, uh, a recent article that came out um, just, just in the last three, four days from um, Rob Lowe. And Rob Lowe's the famous good-looking actor. Um, my favorite character, or one of my favorite characters, on Parks and Rec, where he he, he plays the obs- he's obsessed with working out, and he's constantly checking his heart rate, and he's running to all the meetings to keep his heart rate up, so he he stays in perfect condition.
0: He was awesome West Wing person. Yeah, too, well, so he, that, th-
1: I don't know West Wing, but uh, so, anyways, he wrote an op-ed basically in. Um, or an opinion article, excuse me, that he was a caregiver and that he was a caregiver. Um, uh, it seemed like maybe 10 years ago or so when his mother had, uh, I believe breast cancer, had some type of cancer and he was advocating through not, and I was pretty impressed. This wasn't through the AARP. This was through USA Today. Um. And talks about how there are 40 million Americans doing truly selfless work by serving unpaid family caregivers. You know, 40 million people is more than 10% of this country, you know, and that's, that's even including the undocumented, like the people that are in this country, 40 million is well over 10% of that. And that's what they know of. That's what they know of. Yeah. And so this is, this is with everybody accounted for that we have, it's still over, well over 10%. And I think that's a huge, huge number, and it's a number that, and I, I bring up, I bring up undocumented people because we have such a, a, a political issue right now with 30 million people estimated that are in this country that are undocumented, right? Where and we have government shutdowns, we have over the wall, we have obviously infighting within politics over this. It is a very contentious issue, and there are valid arguments on all sides of this, but and it's got to be worked out eventually. How much do you hear about unpaid caregivers that are draining the economy of – not draining – unutilized efforts that could be used towards making the economy stronger through jobs, through volunteer work, Mm -hmm. but they can't because they're working at home as an unpaid family caregiver. And that number is much, much higher than what we're shutting the government down over right now. Yep not to belittle either one but it's right. just putting it in perspective like that's a huge
0: it's not above number. the fold in the paper absolutely it's, <laughs> it's exactly it's not
1: it's not above the fold it, you know and this article probably wasn't on the, it was probably in the opinion side and basically he talked about how he was very lucky um that he had family members that could come in and do this and help him and support him he had some other brothers to help her when she was on hospice and at the end of the day he also said I was very lucky in having a job that is a very well paid per diem job. Mm-hmm. You know, that's basically there's not much of a difference between an actor and a caregiver when you look at the the type of work they do that's right. when they're needed, they're paid for the the services and when they're not needed, you know, there's a funny like 1960s picture of um Dustin Hoffman getting going down to the unemployment offices to get his unemployment check because he had been <laughs> You know, this was probably earlier in his career when he was trying to make ends meet. I'm sure yeah. Dustin Hoffman doesn't go to the unemployment line anymore. But, you know, that that's the way that the business goes. So he said, you know, I was able to do some work here and there. But when my mom needed me, I was able to say no to a few projects. And then when, you know, unfortunately yeah. she passed and when I was done re- grieving and felt ready to work again, I could tell my agent, hey, let's go out there. And I think this was kind of, um, I'm trying to look it up right now, but this was, you know. Not that long ago, you know, it was 2000 in the two thousands that I think she passed away. And so he was, he was, you know, luckily he's saying I was in a part, a part of my career where I could say no to things. And I had some money in the bank to be able to, to, you know, pay my bills and, and keep my lifestyle going versus there, you know, probably, 37 million of the 40 million or 38 of the thirty-fourty 40 million unpaid caregivers right now are not even close to being in that scenario where they could just drop everything and just stay at home.
0: Yeah, it's like there's there's two components of stress. There's the stress of dealing with the, the, the person who is ill, and then there's the stress of getting by in finances. He was fortunate enough that the finance side of you know, paying the bills was not an issue, but that doesn't eliminate you can be the richest person in the world and you've still got the, the stress and the hard time of dealing with the family member.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and then he, he points out some things that weren't news to me, but would be news to anybody that's not in the realm of senior care, is that it, it's not just... It's not just, you know, losing sleep or whatever, but when you lose sleep, you start to do things that are unhealthy. You eat more unhealthy. <laughs> you don't exercise as much because you're exhausted. You're, you know, it's, it's, I think it's been all but proven, if not completely proven that, um, willpower is a finite thing in our bodies. You know, it's not necessarily a liquid or a form, but there's, there's a, a an imaginary, uh, gas tank in there of, 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 willpower. And in the morning, that's why you hear everybody say, do the hardest things in the morning, go yeah. for the, e-, because by the end of the day, there are just too many excuses not to do it. And while in the morning your willpower and your energy levels are up and that's what he's talking about. Like, you know, you, you start going to McDonald's because it's just easier and faster or you go to the pizza place or whatever to pick up food. You know, I just redid some floors in my house, you know, At the end of the day, you're like, well, just pick something up because, you know, everything's moved around. I'm not cleaning. I've been managing these people all day. I don't have, you know, and that's small potatoes. I had frozen
0: waffles for dinner last night. Absolutely, and that's small (laughs)
1: potatoes. And so they're also talking, he also brings up the the point that we both know is that $3 trillion a year is lost in wages from these $43 trillion. Let's put that in perspective again. They want five point six billion for the wall. I mean, like that.
0: Yeah, they, it makes it makes the wall huge, look like a
1: huge amount of money. Pick up a Walmart. Absolutely, that's absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's that's three point that three trillion dollars a year is huge, humongous. It's it's incomprehensible the amount that amount of money. Um, yeah. But it's and that's and that again that's lost wages. That's lost taxes going back into the 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 government. That means that there's less funding for the things that we believe in. You know, the even just getting away infrastructure, from infrastructure, whatever the roads, the police, yep. the and let alone you know social security and welfare and food and and things like that for. And people.
0: you're you're spending. You're not part of the spending economy either because you're pinching every penny you possibly can. Absolutely. So,
1: and not and not to make matters even worse, but that doesn't even include the seven thousand dollars per year that the caregiver spending out of pocket to provide the unpaid caregiving services and that, and these are some of the things that we knew about. And again, we put them in perspective because the biggest thing going on in this country is this, this damn wall. And, you know, and I'm sure everybody is beyond sick of hearing about this thing (laughs) on both sides of it. But I mean, this puts it in perspective, something that's going on right now that we're all throwing rocks at each other over And we're talking $3 trillion per year. In unpaid caregiving and un- in lost wages, which I think is just an unreal number. And I remember the first time I saw it, and I thought it was is crazy. Like that's a huge, huge amount, not amount of money.
0: Yeah. Well, also when you look at the unemployment numbers, you know they say how unemployment is uh, is down. Well, people that stop looking for work don't count in that fact, and there are people that want to work and they have to. Give up working because they have to care for the family members. So it's not just the lost wages. It's a. It's almost like a. Um, a, a curtain has been pulled as to, and this is what's going on behind the scenes. Absolutely, you know?
1: it, it it affects everything. It's a huge you know, Now, do I have a solution for this issue? I, I have no solution. I I don't know what to to tell you regarding that. I don't know how to fix that problem. Uh I don't even know if you do a Medicare for All situation this this solves this problem because right now private home care is not considered medical care. It's considered providing duties that are dealing with ADLs and all of yeah. those are non-medical services that uh uh family caregivers generally providing. Now, we know that family caregivers give medications, they'll do injections and things like that, and, and that's fine. But when we're talking about true medical stuff, um, you know, the government and, yeah. and health insurances don't get involved in that. So- um, And you've got this ever-growing
0: gap of people on fixed income- but costs are not fixed. The costs keep going up. But there's that fixed income, so it's even managing the copays and don't fall in the donut hole of your prescriptions at the end of the year. Or yeah. It costs you more. You know, those are things that. Uh, what the answer to those are going to be? Who who knows?
1: Absolutely, and and so you know, and I think the things that you know we talk about Roblo mother having stage four breast cancer. I know that this sounds, um, this sounds kind of, kind of, uh, heartless, but you know, I, I, I guess I can say it because I experienced it with my mom losing three or four months of time to be with my mom was not a big deal in the overall scheme of things, right? That, that in the overall scheme of things, I guess on the, the scale, in, in my personal opinion, if I've got to die, I want it to be a massive heart attack or stroke that takes me out in 30 seconds, right? I, most people say, get it over with quick, mm-hmm. you know, the and then the next one, if it's got to be, you know, I'd rather have it be the fastest cancer that I can ever have. Yeah, you know, the net. But the the last one on the list, I think, for many people, is the. The chronic diseases like Lou Gehrig's disease, like Alzheimer's, and like these Parkinson's, Parkinson's these degenerate, degenerative diseases that take upwards to a decade to kill somebody, and mm-hmm. all along the way you're withering away, you're 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 becoming a burden. And most people would say they just don't want to be a burden to their family. Let's get that. My mom even said that. Let's get this over with. Like th- we know that the end is here. Let's let's speed this yep. thing up as quickly as possible because. You know, I've come to grips with it, and I think that's where employers aren't go- are going to be having the problem, and and this issue with the caregivers are going to be having the problem is that, you know, the heart attack or the stroke that you're you're, you're back to work in a month, you know, yep. or the the cancer that you're back to work within six months, even though it stinks, or or you know you're back to work with maybe in a few weeks because you work up until you know, the person's bedridden, and they can't walk anymore. And that's where you're, you know, for a few weeks, a few months, employers can handle that. And so can most people. Yep. It's the chronic diseases where somebody becomes forgetful, and then they all of a sudden have Alzheimer's.
0: Well, that's why there's that. Uh, anyone that has dealt with Alzheimer's in any capacity probably knows about the book called, um, you know, the The Longest Day. You know, it just is one of those things that you know we we joke around and talk about Groundhog Day, but that's what it's like for a lot of people. And for some people, it's a couple of years. For some people, it can be a decade. Yeah, and that's that's hard.
1: So, I mean, it's something. It, there were just two articles that that kind of coincided with one another that I thought made sense, and I think that they're they're good. Check them out. Um, again, USA Today with Rob Lowe, and then the Wall Street Journal. If it's not behind the paywall, um, it talks about um employers and. Um, the employer crisis with caregivers. And it's just an interesting thing, topic to think about, and I thought it kind of related money-wise into some of the things we're bickering about right now. And it's not all, of course, related to money on the politics side. There's a lot of policy and a lot of um, emotions on that, but when you look at what's going on with caregivers and the amount of money and the amount of people that are involved, you can relate that to some of the issues we're talking about nowadays, and it puts it into perspective of how big of an issue it is but not as many people are talking about it and there are tons of issues that are like that where mm-hmm. you know people don't you know out of sight out of mind and you know they don't realize it's a big issue until sometimes it it's knocking on on your door, on your door. and then all of a yeah. sudden you know, you realize, hey, this is huge when you start going onto the forums and realizing all the problems that are going on with many different scenarios. But this is certainly something for the next 20 or 30 years that's going to be an ever-growing concern for people. And you're seeing employers slowly starting to make the change, right? They're slowly starting, the HR department is slowly starting to have resources for people to make calls on, to, to understand, mm-hmm. hey, HR needs to understand, you know, in the surrounding area what the council on agings are, what the differences of these things are, and, and different options that you can have or have packets available yep. to start looking. Staff retention, yeah. of the good people. You want to keep the good people, and yep. the best thing to do that is to to make them feel that you can be flexible with some of the needs that they have. So. Anyways, any last thoughts, Janet?
0: No, I think this is one of those conversations that you could have for days. And, and you know, who knows how it's all going to unwind. But it's it's something to, that should be above the fold.
1: Absolutely. Well hopefully it will be in the future. Anyways, thank you very much for listening. If you want to check us out, we are on Twitter. We are on YouTube. Check out our website at mwhomecare.com or just type in Minute Women Home Care into Google and go to our blog. There's tons of good stuff there for you to take a look at and uh, read and learn and go from there. Anyways, thank you very much and have a great day.